Blog Talk Radio. Travel in time 
can do is the best I can and go there in my mind. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, hide and seek musical chairs, hot summer nights. And the cool winter snow From once upon a long time ago I smile as I look back on roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments That I'll ever know Were once upon A long time ago shows because that's what we do every Monday go back once upon a long time ago you know I found a program that will strip the audio portion of a musical and I've been working on it I'm almost perfected it so that I can play that same song and it will eliminate remove the lyrics that you just heard from Jerry Goldberg in that song. And all I have is the musical playing in the background. So my thought was to uh, either try to contact Jerry Goldberg to see if he'd do it again with a different version, which I don't think he would, or either just go ahead and chance it and read that, that, the, the lyrics that he sang except substituting the eastern part of it uh, that we have read often on the uh, show in the past. So anyhow, I just uh, thought, thought I'd throw that thought out to our host that are on my producer's board. Let me first of all start off with the very top guy. He's up there in the Atlanta area. Hello, Al Jenkins. How are you? I'm doing fine. And how's everybody doing? Everybody can't answer you. But uh, we can assume they're doing okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll take that honor and say everybody's doing good, even over there in Slovakia, where we have listeners all over the world, and uh, it's it's amazing. I wish I wish our Slovakian uh, listener would call us one day, but uh, I'm sure it's a little bit late in the time of day 
that uh, Slovakia is operating under. And, uh, okay, Al, everything is fine in Atlanta area. How about it, Mike? Uh, how's uh, Mike Scott up in Long Island? What's going on where, where you are? Not a whole lot going on. It's about 76 degrees and cloudy, old gray. It rained all day yesterday. It's just a kind of a kind of an ugly day, but it could be worse. And speaking of Slovakia, I could use a what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Suvlaki sandwich right now? <laughs> I've never heard of a Slovaki sandwich. What what does it consist of? Do you remember? It's all like uh, lamb and all that stuff. They pile all that stuff on it, have a, on a, like on a rotisserie thing, but it's vertical. Okay. okay. And they just slice all the meat off. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So well, if, if Chris, uh, our listener over there, ever calls in, we'll see if we can hit him up, see if he can send us some of those uh, Slovakian sandwiches. Get them over there in Europe. Yeah. 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 Okay, and uh, of course we have Jim Holder, and uh, also in the Atlanta area. Hello, Jim. And uh, hello, uh, hello. Um, you're feeling all right, a uh, little bu- bushed because that's what you're doing, isn't it? Trying to clear out the bushes. Yeah, clearing <laughs> it out. And I'm going to take a picture of that that stump I was telling you about uh, before right. we went on the air, and send it to you and Mike, and uh, y'all can. Uh, then some aid, maybe give us some hints on what to do. I don't know. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you can you can stump us on that one. Yeah, well, Jim, so there's there's a good story right there. There's a good story yeah. you can write, and we'll put a picture oh. of the stump in there with the story. How's that? All right. There it is. All right. <laughs> in the book. All right. yeah. Yeah. And up there in Canada, we have uh, along with the Canadian geese. I guess about this time of year, they must be leaving Canada headed our way. Right, Renee? Uh, that's so, so because they're leaving lots of deposits up here. <laughs> lots of deposits. <laughs> they fly this way, they got to have masks on. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen those, I'm sure you have, those YouTubes, I guess, where a guy in an ultralight flies along with the geese, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pointing mm-hmm. them the direction to Florida. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyhow. There was one good. where these birds were flying, and they would land, and he would land and spend the night sort of uh, close to them. And we had one of those uh, guys that was involved in that kind of stuff, of all things, come to our reaper luncheon and uh, play a tape and everything and showed us all that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, now, you know, the pilots have got to continue uh, con- contend with uh, Jetman, who's back in the sky uh, out west. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a jetpack, and he's flying all over L.A. area. <laughs> one, of them, one of the guys crashed and got killed with the – I forgot yeah. it was a while back right? there. Oh, well, yeah. I remember the lawn chair guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. His backyard. <laughs> Shoot the balloons out with a BB gun. Uh, he yeah. had a couple of packs, of, a couple of six packs, I think. Uh, got him up to about fifteen thousand, <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> and Renee, I wanted to let you, Renee, I wanted to let you know that I haven't forgotten you in the book. Got two okay. books coming your way, and I got them. I finally got them in a in a, uh, a mailer, and I took them uh-huh. down to our local post office here. And they don't do international mailing. 
So that means really? I got to go go to one of the main post offices, which I don't get out of the house too often, but I I'm trying to I'll try to do that this week, but everything is all packaged ready to go, so you you'll you'll, you'll, you'll get it one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And uh let's see, what else have we got? Well, I have a few questions I want to pose, but uh, we have songs that we normally play when we run out of words and and uh, we get a little dead air time. But George Jen sent me um, uh, a melody of uh, songs that were great songs of movie, great movies. And so we're going to play that and see how many of you guys can identify uh, when you hear it because there's no announcing. Uh, I do have a list of them, so um, I can keep keep you guys honest if you. But check and see how many of these songs that you. There are 22 of them, and see how many of these songs that you have heard, or even either seen the movies of these theme songs. Now, keep in mind, John Williams wrote lots of of uh, movie songs and uh, along with uh, Henry Mancini and some of the other guys that you'll hear uh, their songs, but you'll be surprised at the last one. I didn't think that would be the last one in, in the lineup of, of songs that uh, were played. So anyhow, it's about five minutes, six minutes of listening and it's really good music, good music. Okay. I got a couple of questions here. I want to throw out to you guys and, and see if you want to talk about it or move on to another question or whatever. But uh, we've been reading a lot, at least I've been reading a lot on Yahoo News, where I get most of my news. And uh, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on in the air at 30,000-plus feet. And... um, and it's getting worse, it seems. Uh, I've got a, a bunch of them that I've put together because Brenda Chabot, which I should also say lost her sister last night. Brenda has been one of our hosts in the past, and she he just emailed me. I just got it before airtime and said that uh, Marie, her sister, passed away. And and um, But uh, at any rate, Brenda and I are going to do a, um, a a program on Terra in the air, but uh, any any thoughts about how it can be stopped? Uh, what the FAA should do? What the companies should do? Or uh, or either have you had anything like that happen on one of your flights, or been involved with anything like this? Anybody? Well. I, I can kick in a little bit, but of course it wasn't. It was uh, on the private end with uh, with the Boeing. Uh, we most of the passengers that we had, they were all people that we knew, so we didn't have too much of a problem with that. But just in case, we had uh, we had an, up in the cockpit. We had I might have mentioned to you on another show. We had uh, little metal boxes with holsters in there with 38 uh, specials underneath each cockpit seat. Wow. We had a, a one a gun hidden in the forward lavatory and one in the aft lavatory and a shotgun in the galley, <laughs> and we had handcuffs and tie wraps and all that stuff just in case 
We needed to restrain somebody. But <laughs> hey, Mike, it never had to Mike, be used. Mike, Mike, <laughs> time, just a minute. I can see that it, the no smoking sign must have said, make my day. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. With all that ammunition. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So, I mean, we never, uh, per se, had any problems with anybody that uh, we had a few, you know, the only problem we really had was people that got too drunk and they would end up in the lavatories filling up the, the honey buckets anyway. So, yeah, you know, and they'd get a little rowdy every once in a while. But they were all people that uh, either, the, you know, that we didn't know, but the, of course, the principals or the rest of the passengers all all knew them so uh, but that was yeah. our you know we flew all around the world so we needed to always have uh stuff on the airplane just in case there was some kind of a conflict going on from external things and we always used to keep a base amount of fuel on the airplane when we came in if we after the trip we'd put on get out of town fuel just in case <laughs> something happened you know one of those things hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I just wonder if buses, trains, and cruise ships are having similar problems that the air travel industry is having. I mean, buses—they've always had problems, I guess. <laughs> buses, uh, but uh, I tell you, I—I uh, I, when I used to fly the Moonlight Special, and when you would uh, go out into the lobby in Houston after you landed in Houston and offloaded the cargo or changed airplanes to go to San Francisco or L.A. on the A300, there would be some passengers that uh, the, the Greyhound bus lines would kick them off their buses. I mean, <laughs> these were bad-looking hombres. I had one that was sprawled out face down. Uh, like he was sleeping on the carpet in Houston. And I asked the agent where he was going, and he said, with you. I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't let him be boarded on the airplane. They're $49 fares, remember, so we were getting bus mm. passengers. Mm. <laughs> and uh, But the trains and cruise ships, I don't know, they're having. My granddaughter works for Disney in Orlando, and, her boyfriend also works there, and he uh, just uh, had their first cruise on Disney cruise ship out of Port Canaveral, and they had mostly employees to see how the cruise ship would operate, and it was a three-day cruise, and so they're back in business now, and I think the, I guess you probably heard the federal judge said that we could not restrict the cruise ships from checking on the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Florida, that is. I think was it Carnival just released uh, or launched uh, the biggest cruise ship. I'm not sure what the name of it was. I think it was the biggest one that's ever been made is now uh, going into service, however oh. big that is. Okay. Well, every year it seems like they get bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if a big puff of wind <laughs> blow them down in, in, a, in a storm. You know, how in the world they keep their upright position in some of these heavy, heavy seas? Yeah, 
They 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 certainly look top heavy to me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Al, uh, or Renee, rather, or, do they have cruises uh, in Canada from on the St. Lawrence Seaway that goes out? Renee, if you to get a drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I often wanted to take a cruise down the St. Lawrence up toward uh, the out out toward the Atlantic and um and yeah, also I think there's to a lot of uh there's a lot of locks that you have to go through there to to go out through the to get out to the sea I believe on the St. Lawrence. I don't yeah, know if those cruise yeah. ships will fit through there. Yeah. Well, anyhow, uh, I'm going to play John Williams' song right now. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And really enjoy this because you'll really like it, I think. I, I liked I've played it several times. So let's listen to John Williams conducting the great Hollywood theme songs. This year, I had the privilege of conducting the annual Academy Awards Oscar show. And one of the things I wanted to do this year with, the, with our orchestra there was to do a tribute to as many Oscar-winning composers and contending composers that I could. So we put together a, a, a series of little melodic clips, if you like, just a short bit to identify each piece. You'll be able to identify a lot of them. Some of them you may miss. See how many you can catch in this Academy Award medley.
Now, I know you should have gotten the last three that were played. Anybody? The last one. Uh, <laughs> I know that. Oh, man, I can't put a name with any of Well, DT. it happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta? Oh. oh. Well, that wouldn't be Star Wars. No, frankly, my dear. <laughs> gone with the wind. Oh, that was oh, gone with yeah. the wind. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, E.T., the, terrest- the mm-hmm. extraterrestrial. Right, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the Godfather. Of course, we heard Rocky. I, I could identify with that one, the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, any of you guys get some of the others? Yeah. Trying to recall I thought that. I heard Jaws in there somewhere. Jaws was in there, yeah. That was John Williams uh, wrote that score. And the first one, the very first one was Casablanca. Casablanca. Oh, really? Then, yeah, then Citizen Kane. And then they had the music for 20th Century Fox fanfare. Then Star Wars, that was John Williams also. Hmm. And I'd never heard of Seahawk or Spellbound. I don't know if you guys had heard that one, those two or not. No, no. Titanic was in it. And then yeah. the, the Psycho was the squeaking of the violins. Right, yeah. Psycho, and of course, uh, Jim, you said Jaws, but one of the ones mm. that I love is the Pink Panther. Which oh, yeah. yeah. Henry yeah. Mancini. Yeah. And then yeah. Exodus. We heard Exodus. And mm. Dr. Shivago and Out of Africa. And Bridges, Bridge Over the River Kwai. That was a identifiable mm. song. So there were some great ones. And, you know, I I kind of looked up uh, the very first song to won a very first Academy Award. Well, first of all, the very first Academy Award. Do you know what movie won the very first Academy Award? For best movie? Yeah. And what year? I had prizes going out to you guys, but golly, Pete's... No prizes today. <laughs> They're surprises. Yeah. How about Gone with the Wind? Can, uh, it, no. I was early because the one I remember, Gone with the Wind. Well, let me tell you, this one was uh, was not a talkie. This was a silent oh. movie. Oh. And oh. it got a theme song. No, it did not have silent a theme movie. song, but I thought it. I was thought it, it did, it but wings? it had music playing in the background. Wings? Wings, absolutely. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> that was a good guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, spe- no speaking Buddy Rogers. Parts. Yeah. Right. And uh, Wings was done Richard by... Richard Arlen and Buddy Rogers. And and the guy that just starred in that movie that became uh, very famous, he had a lesser part, but he was introduced in that movie as one of the pilots. Wings? Wayne? Yep. Gary Cooper. Oh, oh yeah. He was in right. Wayne? Yeah. Yep. He sure was. Yeah. 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 I do remember that now. You mention it. Yeah, he was in it, and it, uh, it got the first Academy Award for Best Picture, and it was in 1929. 
but it came out in 1927, but the, the award ceremony was held in 29. And um, uh, does anybody remember any of the, well, I think you said, Mike, who the stars were, some of them besides well, Gary Richard Cooper. Arlen was, and uh, right. Buddy Rogers. Charles Rogers, and, that's uh, right. Like yeah. How about and, uh, the female? I don't really remember the, the uh, Clara. I don't remember who? Clara Bloom or no? no Clara Bow. Right. Yeah, B O W. I guess that's okay, how. You, yeah. I guess that's how you pronounce her name, Clara Bow. Yeah. And, and that movie cost two million dollars back in the day of 1929, and which would be 29, almost 30 million dollars today. And you know where it was filmed? Anybody? Mm-mm. Atlanta. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kelly, F- Kelly Field. Now, where's Kelly Field? San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio, San Antonio yeah. Texas. That's right. Mm-hmm. And another no, I got something right. Yeah. Another interesting thing about it was that, that there were 300 pilots that were involved in the filming of that movie using the United States Army Air Corps airplanes and um quite a quite an accomplishment and um so anyhow that's uh that's all wasn't i got about wing by howard, wasn't it howard hughes didn't he produce that one or no i'm thinking no, of another I, one no i don't think he produced it the guy that wrote let's see who it was produced by i got i got something written the story was written by john Monk Saunders, and he wrote it to accommodate Clara Bow, uh, who was Paramount's biggest star at the time. And anyhow, at the time, the World War One combat pilot experience, they uh, hired uh, Wellman because he had World War One fighter uh, experience, and so did Richard Arlen, and also. Saunders also had uh, military aviation background, so they were the ones that gave the technical information about it. So anyhow, okay, well, here's another question I'm going to throw out you guys. I don't want to do all the talking. Somebody somebody start talking. Tell a story or something. Golly, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask... Uh, Al Jenkins is listening in Atlanta. He's listening, not saying anything, but Al and Renee. But did you guys that were not flight crew members, did you ever have a beeper? Did, did, oh, did, yeah. your, did your job require you to have a beeper? Yes. No. Okay, that's Al and Renee? Yeah. Yeah, why? Well, we had we had beepers for our operation in the flight department when I was doing the P, flying the Piazzadora airplane. Yeah. And they had the beeper with codes one through five. It was the priorities in which you had to get back to the office. But they basically only worked in the states. And I remember yeah. one time we were all having a big party in the hotel there in the Marriott in Van Nuys, and, and they, we had a big pitcher of beer sitting on the table, and that beeper went off, and I was looking at it. And one of the guys grabbed that out of my hand and threw it in the picture, and you can see all the bubbles coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell with that damn beeper? Uh, yeah. Well, now I wonder, 
uh, I guess, how do they notify someone for a quick uh, call out? Uh, well, I had a beeper. I had a beeper. I was flying the DC-8 Reserve First Officer, and I was playing golf on the golf bandstand. You know, and I said, oh, I got a beeper here. You know, I got plenty of time, you know, that. So I was playing the golf. The thing went off, and they said, uh, we hope you can get to the airport right now because everybody we call to fly this trip is getting sick. They're sick. They're sick. And you're on reserve, but I are you sick? And I said, no, I'm not sick. And they said, well, get to the airport because you got to fly this trip to L.A., and nobody wants to fly with this captain. <laughs> I won't name any names. <laughs> and I said, well, I've never flown with him. I think I want to go fly just to see what it's like going with this guy. And uh, he was famous in Atlanta for throwing co-pilots off the trip or trying to or writing them up. I mean, he was famous. But that yeah. beeper got me, and I flew that trip out to L.A. and back. And uh, when he got back, he told me it was the finest trip he'd ever been on. And, you know, yeah. I don't know why he was trying to say all these nice things to me. And I thought, well, if you think this is a nice trip, buddy, I didn't think it's worth a damn, you, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know, Jim, I, I have a story similar to yours. I got a call on my paper, rather. And I mm-hmm. uh, I called in. I was on reserve, and I called in like I was supposed to. And they mm-hmm. asked me how how fast I could get to the airport. And I lived out there at uh, Loch Lomond and uh, Whiskey Lake mm-hmm. or Nitsky Lake, and uh, Nitsky out Lake, there yeah. west of, <laughs> west of Atlanta. And uh, I said, well, I don't know. I'm not dressed right now, but I got to put my uniform on and everything. Well. Can you can you start right now? Just hang up and 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 come on to the airport and don't mm-hmm. even bother to park in the parking lot. Cruzquez mm-hmm. says just bring it up, and one of the porters there will give him instruction to get your car into the parking lot for you. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I I drove at about 85 miles an hour. It seems like on the expressway. I think they only had one that was at uh, yeah, one two eighty five. No, it was, yeah, 285. And Mm -hmm. um, sure enough, I drove up there and just got out of the car, and a guy came over, one of the porters, and says, yes, sir, go on in. They're waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And that airplane was loaded. It was ready to go. And I think I made Mm -hmm. it from the time I got that call on the beeper to the time I got in that airplane was about an hour and ten minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I told the story in the Camp Creek Parkway was another one we used over there. But I've told yeah. a story about a call like that, that they had to flight check this airplane. And it was sitting at the gate with people waiting to go somewhere. And they said, come to the airport. And I think I've told this story before. And I lived uh, right over there on the east side. And I dashed out there. And they had crew schedule. One of the guys uh, told me what gate to go to. And he took my car and went and parked it and but we took off and landed in five minutes and did a gear check and flight yeah. left on time. But that wasn't a beeper. That was on a telephone. Yeah. Yeah. My and then I had 16 same. hours free from food, free, and I could go get a beer and a hamburger and everything else because <laughs> of that. I had flown. I went to the bottom of the reserve list as a 727 captain. Yeah. Well. And I'm sure they use them in uh, in maintenance as well, Al. Uh, you, you had to have your beeper. They, did they call you out on special assignments? Oh, yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. 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 I had one up in Seattle, one in uh, the desert, New York. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, Renee, did you work at the airport, or you work uh, in the in the city ticket office? So I mean, uh, where where were you, Renee, in in Toronto? Oh, okay, he's not. You went to get another to... Canadian club. <laughs> yeah, beeping. Beep him on his paper and see if they land. There, there you go. All right, my last question, and I'm going to shut up. Let's see if we can get some um, some information about what the earliest programmable computer, handheld or desktop, you ever owned. What was the earliest programmable you ever owned? Well, I got mine in 99 because my son made me. And, what uh, was it? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> it was brand new. I know that. And it cost about $900 or something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he, I did not know a computer from a Smith Newton. And, uh, <laughs> and it, I've been in trouble ever since I got that thing. How about it, Mike? What's the earliest you've uh, you I, I never had what? any of that stuff at all. I, I finally got a, uh, a a desktop in 2004, and that was mm-hmm. my first computer other than having handheld uh, calculators and stuff that we used to get over well, there made by Sharp and mm-hmm. Casio over in the Middle East. Okay, well, well that's, that's, that's a computer. It was a handheld calculator, yeah. but... The earliest one I had yeah. was a Texas it wasn't International. programmable. <laughs> a Texas a TI, and they came out with, you might have remembered, the Texas International computer came out with a navigation computer, a nav computer. And mm, you, could yeah. plug in, you could plug in your uh, departure airport and your destination airport. And you could plug in the winds and everything and put the airways and all that junk in there. And it had little chips or something that you would stick in there. Well, I got it in 1978. And the reason I mm. can remember the earliest in that date was I got it when I went up to New York in the blizzard of 1978. And mm. I was, we were, no, no airplanes were flying during the blizzard. And I had all the time in the room to study that sucker. And the first trip I I, uh, took was from New York down to Miami after the snow cleared. And I got that computer all geared up for it and got on board the airplane. And and, uh, I I was captain then and uh, started on the flight. and I was lost the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do any of you remember? Uh, you probably weren't involved with the DC nines, but I know that uh, the DC nines that we used to see on the shuttle, they used to have this thing called Sky Guide, and it was like a scroll had a had a, a paper chart in it that you could roll it as you were as you were flying along. Oh, and it used to always jam, the paper the charts would always jam up in there and all. Of stuff. Everybody hated them. It didn't last very long. They were called Sky Guide, and it no, uh, they were laying all over the place for a while. They just tear them out. And the crews would just rip, grab a hold of the chart and just yank it out of the out of the whole thing. Cause they <laughs> you know, I had a, a flight and I was telling somebody my idea, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, we were flying out west, Seattle or somewhere out there, Portland, I guess. 
And I said, wouldn't it be nice if we had an atlas, a map that had all the air, the air, airways, the jet airways laid out yep. across the computer. As soon as I got back home, I, I heard that somebody had already done that invention, you know, invented it. Yeah. yeah. We used to keep the books in there. Yeah. We had the yeah the, the the paper ones. We used to keep them in the back pouch of the seat, you know. So if people would come up to the cockpit, as you well know, when you were flying along, and if they gave you a direct route somewhere, and there'd be a lake or something down there or whatever it was, they come out and says, "What lake is that down there?" I said, "I don't know what it is. <laughs> Get the book out, and see where it is." <laughs> well, it's it's time it's time it's time for my. Uh, uh, my little short story about what happened. I've I've told it I don't know how many times, and you guys about boom boom. No, well, it was a flight <laughs> attendant. The flight attendant came up, and I had my cat, cat captain's atlas out, and we were over there in New Mexico somewhere, coming up on Arizona, and um, beautiful sunny day. You see forever, and uh, I was pointing out some of the interesting points and i was coming up on meteor the meteor crater in arizona and mm-hmm. the flight attendant came up and she looked over my shoulder as i was making the announcement about it and after i finished she said look how close it came to that road down there <laughs> was it was there any bleach Almost involved it. in this yeah 50,000 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. oh golly so what's the plans anybody got any great big plans coming up before I announce my plan I think I announced it last week oh let me see. What's the day anyhow? Monday? Monday the ninth. Uh, All day. Monday the ninth. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you got it. You got him stumped now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will lead an exciting life. Oh, no man, fair to ask life. Alexa or Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Alexa just turned on over here. She'll be asking me something. Yeah. I didn't understand that question. But uh, I think I mentioned last week. But if I didn't mention it, my bride and I, we've been married 63 years, and I've known her two years before that I courted her. And she finally said yes on November 8th, 1957. And we were married in February of 58. And uh, we're going to her reunion in her hometown, high school, and and, – we're going back to Mars Hill, and I've got a little house rented there right beside the campus. And we're going to eat in the cafeteria where I first met her. So that's our plans for September 23rd, 4th, and 5th. Well, I'm looking at my calendar. Today is the 9th, and in the next week, I've got, and you're going to love this, you old guys, I've got a dentist appointment, my VA doctor appointment, and my eye doctor on the 16th. So three out of the next five days, I'm going to the doctor. That's oh, so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the good news is my neighbor next door who came down with COVID, uh, been in the hospital for a week, came home the day before yesterday, and uh, he's been quarantined, of course, can't get out of the house for a couple of weeks, but but um, he was a Boeing engineer and worked for NASA for several years, and he had his COVID shots back in March of this year, uh, and yet um, he came down with uh, COVID, and, and he had a hard time uh, at the hospital, but now he's home. Mm-hmm. So well, it's still, it's still most people that get the, the shots don't get it. Some yeah. do, I'm sure. And he probably would tell you if he didn't get the shot, he probably would have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how is it up there? Al, are you back with us, Al Jenkins? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, it's not you that has been absent. It's Renee. Renee, are you still with us? No. You gotta have to have a little button that put that sticks a pin up through the cushion to wake him up. Yeah. There he is. That's a roll. Oh, there he is. There, there he is. You went for a Canadian club. Yeah, how is how's the COVID uh, pandemic there in Canada? Is it tapering off or increasing? Uh, we went to uh, code three, which is the uh, uh, getting out of the uh, lockdown. So it's yeah. a startup. So we'll see how it goes. We're hoping for the best. Now, what is code three? Uh, well, in here, uh, in our part of the world, there were three codes. There was the lockdown, and number three is the lightest or the easiest one. Um, so uh, everybody was going. The weekend was crazy with people going everywhere, all the parks and uh, restaurants. Everything was full, uh, taking yeah. advantage of the, uh, the lockdown being lifted. So that's good, and we hope it stays that way. So it has been lifted. So everybody's getting yeah. boozed up now. <laughs> as long as you don't get the DEFCON 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I... Um, I sure enjoyed my layovers in Toronto and even out on the highway uh, where the motel is. We used to lay over. I forgot the name of it. Do you remember, Renee, where the cruise stayed? It was, yeah, that's it. That was it. Yeah, out on the Queen's Highway. What's that, Queen 5 or something like that? Yeah. Q5. It's a different name. well, I remember we used to, I used to fly a trip out there regularly with uh, my real good friend, and I can't even think of his name now. Uh, but he and I would go in there, and as soon as uh, Diamond Lil was a performer, and mm-hmm. she sang songs in the men's only. As a matter of fact, they had a men's only bar. Do you remember uh, in those days they had men men only? Women were not allowed. <laughs> yeah, long time. Once upon a long time ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and we would walk in there, and she would she would spot us, and she would start singing our favorite song, and I forgot what it was, but 
this guy, uh, he was a, a prince of a guy. Uh, Jim, you, you've probably flown with him so many times. He had a house up at Big Canoe. He would let me have and use. Uh, oh, golly, what was his name? Forgot it. Had a house at Big Canoe. Yeah, Big Canoe. Yeah, had a cottage up there. And he would, oh, I can't think of him now. Ah. Like we always say, we'll never forget what's his name. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> but, uh, oh, geez, as soon as I hang up, I'll remember him. And golly, Pete, well, I'll have to tell him. I know my great-grandparents, great they're born, they're buried just up, uh, just northeast of uh, main city of Toronto there. I forgot the name of the cemetery. I just found that out a couple of years ago. Okay, well, uh I'm trying to think of I got something a he did. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, flight attendant friend sent me a message and said, yeah, have you, are you watching this new uh, program called Fasten Your Seatbelts? It's a 30-minute show about flying. Uh, and so I did. And <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's almost uh, a little bit almost toward the R-rated on some of the stuff. Especially the second episode, if you watch it, I can't think it's on uh, some not on the major channel, but it's on the, you know one of the lesser channels. Uh, but it's fasten your seatbelts if you want to Google that and go watch it. It's about a certain one of those so X-rated uh, X-rated well, uh, it, websites. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, it's not one of those. But it uh, the guy that <laughs> moderates it was played the co-pilot. On one of these movies, I mean, one of these comedy shows where they, the plane's going to crash and, you know, it's all. But he played the captain on that movie, and he talks about that. And he obviously made it a long time ago because he's getting <laughs> old like all of us are. But uh, it's it's sort of interesting. But uh, it's sort of that, that – I think the second one was where they had uh, passengers that were – uh, having a fine time that just met on the airplane, a guy and a gal, you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, well, this, here this it is. Jim. I just forgot where she sent me the. Uh, uh, have you seen Fasten Your Seatbelt? It's on A and E, 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. True stories of flights, and that's the email oh. she sent me. And wow. it's on A and E Arts and Entertainment or something like that. Fasten Your Seatbelt. Well, when I tell you. About this uh, happening in this movie, you guys will want to uh, go and see if you can dig it out of uh, YouTube or somewhere. But Wings, the movie, the first Academy Award was one of the first widely released films to show full nudity. Ooh. Ooh. Back then? Yeah, back then. <laughs> of a, of a, of a woman? <laughs> was it a woman? Well, that was back when they were wearing back when they were wearing the, the black socks and the black masks. Yeah. Well, I think it was a woman. I think it was a woman, Jim. I don't think they show full nudity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy! Yeah. Oh, well, look at look at. I think it's the second episode. You got these these couples that meet and fall in love, you know, on an airplane. Oh, yeah. They yeah. have to be sitting next to each other. They must be young. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, 
I got uh, Silverliners, and Mike, you get the magazine from the Silverliners now. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing the stories in there of how many flight attendants uh, find their husbands on flights and are either marry other flight attendants, male flight attendants. You right, know? exactly. Mm-hmm. It's right. amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing in there. It is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, okay, guys, that's about all I can think of. And I don't have any more songs uh, when we have dead air time. So I'm going to bring on Merle Haggard a little bit early. I got an hour for the show, and we did we did pretty good. We did 50-some minutes, mm-hmm. 55, 56 mm-hmm. minutes. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unless anybody else has got any great announcements to make, I think, Jim, you've got uh, – you told about REPA having their uh, reunion. Well, that's yeah, the middle of October, but it uh, depends on, you know, if, what, if uh, any shutdowns occur, you know, that might adversely affect it. But right now we're looking at uh, uh, October the 12th and 13th, I believe, something like that. Okay. Two-day reunion. Two-night reunion. Yeah. And the flight attendants are the Silverliners and Silverliners International are having theirs in Tampa next year. And um, that ought to be good. But they are, their reunion is going strong. They got a four-day mm. reunion. They're adding more people mm. every every day. It seems like there's a new chapter forming. And good mm-hmm. for them. That's great. Great news. Okay, guys. I'm going to bring on Merle. Um, Merle and his silver it. wings. And his silver wings, yeah. Down See you again next green. week. <laughs> Down in three green. Clear the land. Yeah. <laughs> silver wings. Shining in the sunlight. Roaring. They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that but you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sunlight Roaring engines Headed somewhere in flight they're taking you away, leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight.
See if you can remember this one before we sign off. What? How about a beer? <laughs> Three Stooges. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Renee, see you again. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll get that uh, package out to you, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. So long, guys. Over and out.